Welcome back to Top Dogs. Today, we embark on a journey that's intimately familiar to many, yet often it's not very unspoken of. This is a journey through tragedy. Now, we all have moments that break us, yet it is also these moments that we discover resilience we never had. Let's dive into it and discuss how to navigate these things and how to manage it the best way you can. I'm Fiction Boy. And I am Sakura. Before we begin, as you notice, Whiplash and Stream are not here today. So, to give you some clarification on that, Stream is no is not in his home. He is in Europe, while Whiplash is stuck in traffic on his way back home from Megaplex. Unfortunately. <laughs> But luckily, Sakura is here. She's always here to save the day, as usual. Thank you for being on here. I'm glad that I could help fill in. I'm glad you can too. As you guys know, <laughs> I wanted to point this out. Before this episode was originally to be recorded on 9-11. Now, that is what gave me this idea for the video. Now. I wanted to say, yes, it is past that point now, but I still want to give out, you know, to let to the people know who have been victims of that horrible tragedy that, that you know, my prayers are there for you. Anyways, so now, Sakura, now you, we, I know you and I have both been through a lot of tragedies in our lives. Um, and usually it's different from everybody. Um, why don't you start with us? Uh, start first and tell us a personal tra uh, tragedy uh, that you've gone through. Or you don't have to. Just Maybe just explain how you cope with it. No, that's fine. Um, as many of you guys out there know, um, you know, I came out as transgender and... One of the unfortunate um, side effects of that is um, I actually ended up in a divorce because of it. Um, the ex-wife decided that, you know, like in her own words, you know, I can't be with somebody like you. And in that ended a 14-year relationship and, you know, seven of which was spent married to this person. So not only did I lose, you know, in pretty much like half of my life to that but like you know i had to find new friends you know i ended up having to find somewhere new to live i had to find a new lifestyle and like it, it really tore me apart because you know i lost friends i lost family i lost a lot of my own dignity i lost you know self-confidence self-respect and it was really hard to go through like it was really mm -hmm. really tough Mm -hmm. um, what did you do to cope with it like what were some of the navigations that you had to go through um yeah absolutely like fortunately um by that time i was part of the furry fandom 
and I had a number of people that I could turn to, you know. By then, you know, I'd also begun streaming. I'd also begun building up a community of my own. I'd begun making friends, and I knew that there were people that I could turn to in my darkest hours. Because Mm -hmm. in all honesty, those were probably amongst the darkest hours of my life. And Mm -hmm. if not for my friends... I probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. So I owe a lot to the people in my life. Before I met you, was this, and when this event happened, was this a long time ago before we met? Or it was like maybe not too long ago when we met? This would have been before we met. Um, It was 2018 when we finalized the divorce. So here we are in 2023. It's now five years later. So, yeah, that would have been well and before you knew me. And, yeah, I think we met like in 2021 or 2020. I'm not sure. Um, I think it may have been... Twen- no, probably 2022, honestly. I think it was just last year when you and I met. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, for me, um, now I can name many things that I had to learn how to cope with, and I have explained it to you all in confidence. You know a bit of it. Colton knows a lot of it. One of the things is that I did not have a great stepfather. I'll leave it at that. Because that is a... um, It's not that I don't want to talk about it. It's more like it... It does not affect me like I how it should have I guess that makes any sense it's like I do remember the the horrible things that happened to me during that event it just didn't really break me I don't know it's like it's like a memory block like does that make sense like I just I my brain just refuses to acknowledge it is that that kind of like a issue it's It's like a coping mechanism, you know, Mm -hmm. there are certain events that people have in their lives that even I myself have gotten to a point where I've blocked out certain things because I don't want to remember them. And in this situation, it's you not wanting to remember certain events happening. And that Mm -hmm. in and of itself is a coping mechanism. Oh, I do remember it. It just doesn't affect me like how normally other people would be affected by it. Mm. So it's like, yeah, it was very bad, but still, it didn't ruin me. But I will say that that person was not the greatest person at all, and he was a great manipulator a great liar and got away with a lot of things because of how good he was at doing those things. And it's unfair, but I think I can learn something from it. I've learned at that moment, when you meet people that are really good at those things, you usually see it before you become too close with them. Because mm. you can tell how they act and how they behave. That's why I'm very skeptical with who I talk to sometimes. If they have some similarities to how this person in my life 
was like him, I get a little hesitant, but I go in with the benefit of the doubt. Only because I can't really try to compare them to that person. <clears throat> but, you know, onto the subject of, you know, you had your support system. Who or what became your anchor during your, like, most challenging times? Anyone or some other, a group that comes to mind? Um, honestly, like I'd mentioned earlier, it was a lot of my furry friends and the people that I got to know when I first started streaming. They were there for me. Um, as far as like individual people, like over the years I've gotten to know, um, actually Red Flash Drive, who is now one of our supporters, um, sitting there backstage, he has been absolutely instrumental in helping me with getting past a lot of the things that I've been, that I still to this day go through, you know, there are still times where I look at myself and I don't see myself as worthy or I don't see myself as somebody who can be loved and all the things that were torn away from me when the divorce happened. And it's because of people like him that, you know, I can confidently say that I can start feeling better. I can start finding value in myself and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that I could tell you were getting a little bit emotional there it means a lot <laughs> this is just a really deep topic for me <laughs> oh yeah going into this you know it was going to be I, I knew it <laughs> yeah, but don't worry. I think it's good that, you know, you found that person in your life that got you back on your feet. It's always good to have that. Mm. <clears throat> My yeah. support system... Well, when I was going through what I did, like, most of the things that I went through that I remember had a really bad effect, um, I didn't really have that support system. Not that my my mother didn't try. It's not that I didn't value her trying. It's more of like I didn't really have any outside of that. It was mm. it was a way for me to learn. Okay, since I can't always have because you know your friends can't always support you with everything because you know there are some things out of their own control, which is which is understandable. That's how life is when you become an adult. I had to learn very quickly, you know, how life worked, like, you know, as I said before, you know, things are not always going to go your way, and that's okay. That doesn't mean it's the end of the world, right? So you take it with a grain of salt, and you go on with the next day, and that was my mindset throughout most of my childhood when dealing with, you know, situations like that. Take it for what it is. It happened. You cannot change it. Can't go back on it now. Accept the fact what happened. And go on with your next day. Because you know what? There's always another tomorrow. Hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, how did you, like, find, like, an outlet for the overwhelming emotions? Like, be if it was anger, grief, or despair. 
a lot of it was grief and despair. You know, I went through a period of wanting to be, uh, you know, in simpler terms, unalived. <laughs> Not wanting to be right here. And... I had to cons I had to consider a lot more than just myself. You know, I had to consider the other people in my life. You know, my friends, my family, um, my mother, who has also been a really big supporter of mine since I came out. You know, she calls me her daughter now, treats me as such. Absolutely incredible figure in my life. And you know, along with that, you know, I I've continue to deal with a lot of grief you know dealing with people who are homophobic who are you know bigoted and all of that and it, it's a continued struggle mm -hmm. but this is again why we you know we have our support systems you know whether you know we use them or have them or not and every day is a struggle. Every day is a continued struggle, but you can't stop looking forward. You have mm -hmm. to continue to remind yourself that, you know, you are alive for more than just yourself. And you have to, you know, continue to move forward and try to be strong for those who are in your life and know that when you are at your weakest point that there are going to be people there for you mm -hmm. I would say for me like when I was experiencing these moments of you know trying to find that emotional outlet I would say most of the things I felt were anger I had no idea how to express sadness and I still kind of struggle with that. I still express, you know, when I'm upset about something, I express it with anger. Just a little bit. Not as bad as I used to be. But I would... Because that's all I knew. You know, growing up in a, in a society where you are pressured to not have feelings, especially as a, a man, a masculine man at that, not to have any emotions which showed a sign of weakness which was very terrible uh, terrible for my mental capacity and it still kind of is because you know when you didn't have that shoulder to cry on when you needed it it sucked because to be fair nobody wants to be around a, a big guy who looks angry and it's terrifying to experience because they have you as a person or other people see it. They are terrified. They have no idea what I am capable of. So, yeah, that, that is very scary. But, of course, I would never hurt anybody. But you guys don't know that. I know myself that. So I had to deal with that. So how would I control that? Well... It's it's something I do almost every day. It's like my my outlet for it would be to listen to white noise. Like I love thunder and rain. I love to listen to white noise like that. I like listening to the the waves hitting the beach. 
or stuff like that or the sound of a fan you know when you had you turn your fan on because it's hot in the room mm -hmm. i like listening to that that's that was my way of dealing with it because i did not want to hear any other noise around me besides those noises that was my way of dealing with it it's kind of interesting mm. where you look for um people i look for objects or nature That's and, definitely, you know, a very interesting way of doing it. And it just goes to show you that, you know, people have different ways of coping with things and have different outlets for which, you know, they can reach out to. You are not just limited to, well, quite literally what you can see in front of you. So this is actually a really good example of that. Yeah, it's kind of like why I like the, you know, you ever seen Buddhists, you know, always you know meditating in the mm -hmm. in the woods in nature i like being in the woods the same as there when you know you want to forget the reality around you and just be at peace that's where i find most of my inner peace you know being isolated but surrounded by nature mm. which is which doesn't really sound good but if you imagine like just being surrounded by a lot of colorful you know, trees or bushes and the woods. It's not that bad. Actually, there's a lot of solace one can find in nature, you know, especially depending on where you are or like, mm -hmm. you know, the forest that you go to, it's very serene. It's very peaceful. It's very, it can be very calming. Mm. And in one's mind, you can... How do I want to say this? You can allow your mind to wander that forest. You know, escape from the body, leave the body, and go wander in this place of serenity. Mm. Now, for some people, you know, that could be a forest, that could be, you know, a city, that could be, I mean, quite frankly, anywhere. So for you, I mean, absolutely, nature is a phenomenal place to allow yourself to do that. Mm hmm well let me think about this now we have also been you know with these tragedies you know it changes how we think and how we feel about certain things for the future now how do you experience when you know you experience these tragedies um it changed you and your outlook on the world and life what it, has it like changed your but has it changed your outlook on life or even the relationships you have honestly yes this whole situation has pretty much made me completely different from who i used to be growing up mm -hmm. growing up i used to be a very soft-spoken meek kid who used to get bullied all the time and I would never speak up for myself. I would always find myself in situations where I'd be the butt end of somebody's joke or getting pushed around. I've been both physically and mentally abused growing up and I would just allow this to happen. <laughs> now taking a long hard look at, you know, what I've gone through, what I've become what I need to do in order to be able to continue to see tomorrow, I had to learn how to build a tough skin. 
how to defend myself and defend other people. You know, that's not something that I used to do is I saw somebody getting bullied and in fear of getting bullied myself, I would not step in. And that's a horrible thing, by the way. If you see people getting bullied, please step in. You'll be doing them and yourself a favor. But, you know, again, nowadays, that's something that I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell people off. I tell people when they're wrong. I tell people to back off. You know, I speak up for mm-hmm. myself. I speak up for others. You know, I have to defend who I am. Unfortunately, oh. I have to do that. But, you know, I had to learn how to really, you know, become much more than I was. And I'd say all in all, it happened for the better. It really has. Because now I'm something that I'd always you know, I'm someone that I'd always dreamed of being. Can I add something to what you were saying, though, about, you know, stepping up, you know, don't let people be the victims of bullying? Um, I like I like the message that you're saying, but there, there is a concern, which is most people in today's world are not going to step up and be that hero and that's not because they don't want to be or not to do the right thing it's because people nowadays are more crazier than usual like they do not want to risk their own lives to save this person Mm -hmm. because when you step in there is a possibility and it's a very high possibility that someone's either going to take your life away Mm mm-hmm so yes, pick your battles very carefully. Hmm. No, absolutely, I agree with that. Hmm. For me, yes, there was a lot of perspectives. Not really so much of how I view the world, because the world is still but nature. Like the Earth is, it's at its own nature it does not go off course to what its original purpose is my purpose well not my purpose the way i view people is different now so like when i had my heart broken like so many times you know putting a lot of trust into people i have become more And it's very hard, I would say, for other people to be with me. You know, I know I have a boyfriend now and I love him to death, but he knows what I'm talking about when I say this. I tend to overthink a lot because of personal tragedies that happen between exes of mine where they have done similar behaviors like if my current partner was doing something, but that wasn't his intention. You know what I mean? So, I I have that problem. You know, it's not an insecurity problem. It's a, I'm like, it's a defense thing where, oh, fuck, I don't want my heart to be stomped on again. And I I know he doesn't. It just comes out. And I have yet to figure out how to manage that part of myself, you know, trying to control myself in that situation and you know because nobody wants to be around like something like that it's it's very tough to be around i wouldn't even want to be around something like that (laughs) that's a part of me that i necessarily (laughs) don't even like (laughs) but you know i think it's good that you know there is people that remind me of that you know i get it you know being hurt sucks you know we all been through it it's just 
learn to find that like know when you're you're going a little bit too overboard with your overthinking because i tend to do that a lot as it is <laughs> so yeah i understand that you're like huh like for example let's say this now if i was say hey you told me you were going to if i was your let's say in this and just this is just a example let's just say you and i were a couple okay so, if you were to have told me that you were going to go out to go with you, out with your friends, right, until midnight, okay, cool, you told me, that's fine. But if I had, but you, if it's been like three hours after midnight, then I start overthinking. When really you could have just passed out. Yeah. I mean... I guess there's certain, you know, things like that where, you know, communication for me is always a huge, huge um, thing in life. And, you know, if we were there and I, you know, had said, hey, you know, I'm planning on going out. You're like, okay, cool. I mean, it would not be off for you to say, you know, hey, if you're going to be out for a while, maybe just drop a message, say, hey, I'm still okay, you know, let me know where you're at, and it's not out of distrusting the person, it's out of concern and, you know, wanting to make sure that if, say, something were to happen to me that night, like I either got too drunk or I got, you know, it hurt or something like that, you know, you'd want to know where I was at. So to keep that yeah. line of communication open is, you know, something very mm-hmm. important. And so, you know, I can still have fun. You'll know where I'm at and everybody's happy. Yeah. I think, you know, some people don't also think about that. You know, when, you know, your partner or anybody that cares about you wants to know where you're at, but you don't really tell them. Yeah, I mean, what if something did happen? Then you're... To put it lightly, you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a lot of people, and this is something that I have heard, is that, you know, oh, well, my boyfriend keeps checking up on me, and it is so annoying. He doesn't need to know where I'm at at all times. And honestly, that's situational. Like, if your boyfriend's obsessive, yes, I can see where that's a problem. But again, open lines of communication is very important in a relationship. And, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as, you know, you're not texting every hour being like, hey, where you at? Where you at? Where you at? And it's like once every couple hours, once every few hours, you know, allow the person to enjoy themselves, then in my eyes, that shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, I know we already mentioned this already, but, you know, there's different coping mechanisms that we had to go through in terms of these tragedies. Now, the white noise is not the only uh, coping mechanism that I used to do. I used to just, like, I used to play video games a lot as well. Um, I would always play either open world games like Oblivion or Skyrim, the Elder Trolls games. Like, that was a world that I could find myself really escaping in. Because I knew it would distract my brain and keep me focused on instead of the negative thinking that I would do sometimes. So yes, that, that's always good to, you know, play video games or go for a walk. Go to the gym. Do the things I do. <laughs> <laughs> 
I go, you know, I have gone through, God, I've gone through so many video games in, you know, the time that I, I've been separated. Um, video games is definitely a fantastic opening mechanism. For me, a lot of like listening to music and just, you know, putting on a, head, a set of headphones, leaning your head back with your eyes closed and just letting your brain just disappear into the music. And like for me, streaming is a big thing, getting my community involved, you know, allowing them to chat with me and me chatting back with them. Great way to completely forget everything else going on in my life because I'm there in that moment. I am there with them in that moment. The whole outside world doesn't even exist to me. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to seeing it so, as well. Yeah. Another. Oh, wow, we're just rushing through this, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we already. Hey, I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is what it is, right? <laughs> we don't have you extra wanna... perspectives coming in here and chiming in. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. We, I mean, that's not their fault, though. You know, keep that in mind. <laughs> but it's anyways, true. Stream. I hope you're having an absolutely phenomenal time in Spain. We miss your face. Whiplash. I hope you make it home safe. Look forward to seeing you next week. Actually, look forward to seeing you both next week, depending on when streams planning on being home. Take care, you guys. We'll see you again soon. <laughs> and no, that's not the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> but you know, oh no, you guys are stuck with us. We still got a lot more to go. Stay tuned. Mama Sakura has a lot of talking to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help your case, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> <Try to> be... <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyways, before we be But you know what? You know what? It's good. You know, this is good. So, anyways, guys, subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that notification bell. When you hit the notification bell, it will notify you with each of our latest videos and our shorts that come out. Also, be sure to follow us on our audio platforms and leave us a rating as that will help us out a lot. Join our Discord and our Telegram chat. Links for all of these are in the link tree down below in the description. Now, I had to figure out how I'm going to say this. Okay. I'm going to say, now you got to do the stream part. I know, I do. <laughs> Call on Top Dogs fans. I really need to memorize you... that. Oh, you're fine. I got this. I got this in the bag. <laughs> Calling all Top Dogs fans. You want some cool stuff? You can by subscribing to our server subscription on Discord or Patreon. Become a podcast supporter today. Get exclusive raw and uncut footage of your favorite podcast episodes. Join supporter meetups and talk with other podcast supporters and the team. Plus, get a custom-made paw emoji and other goodies that come with our $2.99 subscription. But wait, don't worry, don't fret. There is absolutely more. Upgrade to the podcast supporter plus and get episode voting supported feedback and a live audience for only $5.99. Plus, get a sneak peeks of upcoming ideas, merchandising, and more. You don't have to join these subscriptions, but it does help us out a lot. Thank you for that. Holy crap, I nailed it that time. <laughs> Good job. Bravo. <laughs> I 
didn't stutter one word. I'm so proud of myself on that one. No, you did really good job. GGs. <laughs> yeah, that didn't feel like it was rushed too much, but you know, I'll, I'll take the credit. Give me that. I want to feel my ego be filled. <laughs> Don't take that out of context. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fill his ego. No, <laughs> sorry, editors. <laughs> I mean, I already have one. I keep looking at myself in the camera, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, oh my goodness! To each of their own, right? <laughs> exactly. But back onto the topic of hand. As hard as it might be to find. Was there a lesson or a silver lining you uh, derived from the tragedy? Um, yeah, I'm sorry, give me one second here. <sighs> sorry, my eyeball started burning. <laughs> um, I'd say definitely the silver lining, you know, in a lot of, like, you know, I'm just using this one tragedy as an example. There's been a lot of other things that I've gone through in my life. Mm -hmm. um, all in all of everything that, you know, I have have personally been through, and the silver lining in all of this is it's made me a stronger person in the end. You know, mm -hmm. I was able to get out of a toxic relationship that was actually quite toxic for the 14 years that I was with her. Um, yeah. You know, I was able to start living my own life again, finding my own happiness, finding the strength to move on to the next day. I have made phenomenal friends along the way. I have found things that I have never had in my life. And, you know, like my mother always said, things happen for a reason in one's life. Mm -hmm. And I think all these trials, tribulations, and tragedies that I have gone through have made me a much better person than I would have been if things had not gone the way that they had. Mm -hmm. I would say, for me, at least... You know, if I was to use another example of a tragedy that has happened in my life, when my my nanny, who passed away, not from natural causes, taught me that anything for that anything can disappear that quickly. I'm trying to snap my fingers, but you know what I mean. So. Mm -hmm. When that happened, because I didn't understand the coping of death or being alive at that time as a kid when she she's not here. So I had to learn how to, you know, at a young age and, you know, without them trying to tell me what really happened, because I had to figure that out years later, um, what death was like, you know, that made me realize, you know, again, nothing lasts forever. Things will eventually end. And it is good to live the best life that you can possibly live and give it your 110% every single time. And that is my view on it. Because if you keep dwelling too much into the past, like I have, it will, it will drain you. 
the motivation within you will be gone. So if you find yourself in those positions, just know that it is not going to last forever. You still do have your own choice to rise up, stand up, and take that leap forward. And that's the way I, I see it. completely. No, I completely agree with you because, you know, the other tragedies is, you know, I've buried all of my grandparents. I've been a pallbearer for all five of my mm. five grandparents, two best friends back in high school. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm no stranger to death myself. And it it's really hard when you lose somebody that you're really close to. Mm -hmm. And there's actually one particular person that I was really close with back in school. I would known them since the second grade. And we were two weeks to graduation when they got mm -hmm. into a really nasty car wreck. And unfortunately did not survive it. But I'd known them all the way through those ten years of my life. And, I mean, there are still times to this day where... I'll still find myself crying over them because of how mm. close that we were as friends. And as you said, you know, it's a reminder that, you know, th things aren't forever and you have to live your life as though tomorrow may be the last and just live yeah. the best life that you possibly can. Yes. I do agree with that. So, now, with another thing that I wanted to ask, you know, memorializing and, you know, remembering, you know, we had, you know, tragedies in our own country. Now, how do you remember and honor the ones who, or, you know, how do you honor the ones that, that experience loss? Now, I can answer this question real quick, if you don't mind. So, what I did... And I still do it every year. And, you know, not after 9-11, you know, happened. I would always, like, do a victim compensation fund. Now, you can find that online. Just look it up. You can donate some money for, you know, victims of 9-11. That's, that's what I do. I think it was really cool that I was able to do that, even though I never really understood what happened during that time, because that happened when I was like, what, five, four years old? I, it still, in a way, affects me, you know, because I, I had no idea that would affect me the way it did. Because I, as I got older, like, yeah, I wasn't there, true. I mean, no, I, I, was, I was alive when that experience happened, I just wasn't there. But right. watching all these videos of that horrible tragedy and hearing last words of the victims that are no longer with us, you know, from the airplane, you know, leaving voicemails to their loved ones or um, people working with inside the World Trade Center, you know, calling, mm -hmm. you know, for help before the building collapsed on them. It was... It was really hard for me. Like, I'm not even making that up. It actually makes my chest very warm even talking about it because I'm, I remember uh, a phone call that a guy 
was calling like the 911 operator in the World Trade Center when the building was collapsing. It was horrible for me to hear that. It really broke me down. Now, I'm not going to put that audio recording within this video. We're not going to do that. You can find that on your own terms. But you know what I mean? It really, it really hurt me because I felt bad for all the victims of that tragedy. And I was like, you know what? I wish I could do more, but this is the best I can do. So I did the compensation fund. Hmm. Um, for me, I mean, I don't know that day. I mean, that was freshman year of high school for me. I want to say, I no, mm -hmm. I'm old. Don't look at me. <laughs> no, you are but, still in um, your prime. I'm... Oh, I wish. <laughs> um, but no, like I, I remember where I was when that happened. You know, I was in school. They wouldn't let us go to our classes. We all had to convene, like the entire school, down in like the cafeteria and open areas. And they had all the TVs on and showing like the live news. And only the first building had gotten hit at the time. It wasn't until like, you know, that I was there that I actually watched that second plane hit the building, like live and at school or I, at home oh it was at school like i said they had oh. the news like, we had tvs in the cafeteria and they mm -hmm. actually had it live what was going on and i remember it was I, I couldn't believe my eyes i'm like what is actually happening and it kind of created like this empty feeling in my stomach like you know i'd spent all these years without something major happening and to see this happening you know over in new york it just it was so surreal mm -hmm. and where i don't do anything like you do like you know with like the funding and everything it's something that i will never let out of my mind you know as they always say never forget yeah, and I, I've never forgotten, and I will always hold on to that memory of you know where I was, what I was doing, and keeping my heart out for the people who lost so much in that time. Mm hmm. If if I was to think, um, when that happened, did. I was going to add maybe some, like, side information, like, when that was live, when you saw the second plane, um, did you guys go home? Did you guys have to cancel school? Like, did nobody want to work anymore? Um, when that happened? Um, when it all happened, um, they still kept us in school that day. We actually mm -hmm. didn't get to go home early. Um... It was obviously the topic of the day, and in every single class that we went to, um, it was brought up, especially in like social studies, where it's like, you know, hey, you guys, this is going to be a major event, you know, much like, you know, this one, this one, and this one in history. You guys are, you know, you guys are here for that. And this is not something that, you know, you guys are going to forget in your lifetime. Um, 
but no, we had to go on with our normal day. The school mm-hmm. was not canceled because I don't want to say like to them it didn't affect us because obviously it very well did. But in their eyes, it wasn't enough to send everybody home and interrupt a regular day of school. Well, if I was like in your shoes during that time where I was a teenager, let's just say that habit, I don't know if I would have the mental capacity or even the motivation to even really work on my schoolwork. It is like, how could you? Something really bad is happening right now that we have no idea what's going on when the second plane hits. So that was intentional at that point. You know? It, that's like something that you can't just really forget. I even remember... You know what? Yeah, I, I mean, would you be agreeing? Like, were you in... Were you kind of the same similar place? Like, you weren't really in the mood to, like, do your homework or your schoolwork? Because that's what I would have felt in that situation. Honestly, I don't remember. That was hmm. that was a while ago. I don't remember quite where my mentality was at that time. I just know that, you know, again, we were forced to continue about our day, and that's where my mind had to be. Fair enough. Now, I wanted to ask one more question, not to you, but to Colton. Have you actually, Colton, have you actually went to go see the memorial? What? The memorial? Yeah, I saw Ground Zero in New York City. Yeah, Ground Zero, yeah. How deep is how deep is the hole? Oh. Oh, I didn't see when it was a hole, no. I just saw when it was the monument and everything built on top of it. I didn't see the hole, I just saw the hole in pictures and textbooks and stuff like that. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you for that information, Gilton. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um so when you know you know and now we're we're still on the the topics sort of but anniversaries and like triggers like how do you cope with dates places or things that remind you of those tragedies oh goodness it's it's hard obviously i still remember the ex-wife's birthday that date Mm -hmm. still comes up and Mm -hmm. i just i treat it like any other normal day um actually to be completely honest i've complete i have completely blocked out and i don't even remember my wedding anniversary it's just gone Mm -hmm. (laughs) that that much i've just decided to block out and i can say with true honesty that I don't remember my wedding anniversary um, mm-hmm. as far as like the deaths that you know I've experienced those are again on dates that I don't remember a lot of them is because I was a much weirder fraction of myself when I lost a lot of them so mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's a lot of repressed memories more than anything else I think I'm in the same boat as you are. Like, I don't even, like, in a way, yes, like, like I will not mention their name, but when I had to deal with, you know, the stepdad at the time, I still remember his name, but anybody that 
has his name. It's not their fault, but I, it just makes me boil. Mm. And I'm like, and I'm like, well, I had to come up with a nickname for them, <laughs> so they don't <laughs> have to keep saying it. And they, and right. I don't want to bring that up to them because you know that's not fair to them for having that name. So <laughs> I was like, you know what? I'll call you this or this. But that that was kind of like my way of you know of those triggers not being coming out, so to speak. Now, in terms of anniversaries and stuff like that, well, there's a I can't say I remember my own anniversaries of people I've dated besides my current partner. Mm-hmm. Not that I didn't remember at one point. It's more of a like, yeah. We are in a place now that we're no longer together, so why bother remembering? That's how I felt about right. it. If I was still with them, of course I would remember. Um, but I, I just don't. Now, what about describing the journey of like rebuilding your life after the event? How did you find the strength to move forward? To find the strength to move forward, it, it definitely goes back to, you know, the people in my life, you know, that I have more than myself to live for. I have my friends, my family, my mother, um, and even just myself. It's finding it within you to want to continue moving forward to find that strength to move forward to know that even though things are bad today that there's still a tomorrow mm -hmm. and there are things to look forward to tomorrow i mean one can sit there and think to themselves that oh you know tomorrow's just going to be another bad day and da 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 but you also have to put yourself into the mindset that tomorrow could be a treat. Tomorrow could be the best day of your life. And we that's kind of the, the adventure of life is mm -hmm. that unknown of what tomorrow is going to bring. And, you know, I, I know I'm preaching to the choir and kind of giving myself some advice that I should be following is, that tomorrow should be something that we look forward to because you don't know what it can bring you. I mean, for me, you know, back in April, I, you know, what was it in February? We had our Valentine's episode and I was single at the time. And in April, you know, I got together with Tammy, my girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And. I didn't know that that was going to happen on that particular day, mm -hmm. but it was not stopping, not succumbing to the darkness in your heart and finding that, that will to move forward that allowed that day to finally come. And so without sounding like a broken record, it's just that it's finding the strength to live for the others in your life to live for yourself and to live for tomorrow mm -hmm. and now 
with me, I'm kind of on the same boat with you. You know, there's always another day tomorrow. So you, you know, you took the words out of my mouth. So I will get to the last question, which <laughs> is, you know, does the tragedy like shape how you view or fear future events? And how do you manage that anxiety? Obviously, you know, especially when it comes to being transgender is, you know, I've always got to keep an eye over my shoulder because I don't know. Obviously, there's always good, but, you know, there's always the bad at the same time. And where I don't allow that fear to rule my life, you know, it's not bad to, you know, at least be aware that the danger is there. Um, you know, just being yes. aware of it. And, you know, as they always say, you know, always hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Because you don't know what that next moment's going to bring. And so mm. it's finding a balance of, you know, hey, I'm going to look forward to tomorrow, but, you know, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Mm. And just trying to remain positive as much as possible, even though, you know, anxiety is going to be there, depression is going to be there, you know, the unknown is going to be there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now there is many fears that i could say that i have you know some but i i don't know if it's like appropriate to talk about you know on here so i am going to politely decline discussing my view on those things so because it is quite controversial so i'm just going to leave it at that that's so, so for me, I think that, you know, that concludes today's episode. But before we end this episode, I want to say a couple of things. And which is this, you know, let me say this. Let's continue supporting one another and cherish the moments that we have. And working toward a world defined by love over hate. As we reach the end of of this video let's take a moment of silence for the victims of the tragic event which was like i said originally this video was going to be recorded on 9 11. let's take that moment of silence please Thank you for everybody that took a moment for silence. Y'all have a wonderful day. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody.